Pelvic Posse, and welcome to the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. It's Amanda and Morgan. We have helped thousands of people with pelvic floor issues, and it's totally our jam. Here you can listen to expert interviews encompassing all things related to pelvic health. That is pee, poop, sex, and everything in between. You have a pelvic floor. Yes, you. We all do. And it's time to start talking about issues that may arise, but more importantly, how to improve them. We are so glad you are here to join us. Now let's head into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Hey, Pelvic Posse. This episode is sponsored by the Spark It Up in the Bedroom Challenge. If you are dealing with pain with intercourse, yes, that's a thing. I can tell you that's a thing because I dealt with that in my early 20s. Then this five-day challenge is for you. Over the course of the five days, you will learn all the things to improve pain with intercourse. So you can go from Netflix and with your partner to Netflix and chill. Speaking of partner, bring them along and they can watch the Zoom calls with you and learn all the things. Now let's get back to today's episode. And we're here. We're going to hop on with Ryan from Prenatal Nutritionist on Instagram and answer some questions that you guys have put out there. But then also, I think just selfishly, we want to get to know her better and kind of pick her brain. So we're really excited about doing this. So once she hops on, we will add her in. Um, I guess while we're waiting, Morgan, if you want to say anything about our upcoming challenge. Yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. So we are doing a challenge that starts next Monday oh. that goes over. It's called Bump Boot Camp. So this actually works really awesome that we get to talk to Ryan today because she is more in that realm of the prenatal world with her dietetics degree. And so um wanted to pick her brain. But yeah, so next week is Bump Boot Camp. And that's going to be for all of our um, ladies out there who are pregnant and we're going to go over for five days, all sorts of different things that have to do with breathing and posture and exercise, what is safe, how to modify, how to do things and make that postpartum recovery a little bit easier. Hopefully, um, perineal work, talking about prepping for labor and delivery all across the board. We're going to hit bladder and bowel health, all of that kind of stuff that I think a lot of people don't realize that should be something we're pre-having, talking about prior to all of that, um, all of the labor, delivery, postpartum period of our life, but just that we don't. So that was our goal for next week. If you guys are interested, shoot us in DM, um, but we're excited to start that next week. And I think she should be hopping on Yay. any second. Yay! Hey, <laughs> guys. It worked. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. I, it's a little bit dark in this room, but hopefully you can see and hear me well enough. I yeah. know. For a second, I was like, hold up. I thought you were like the San Diego area. Where are you? <laughs> I know. I do have a working space. Yeah. And I'm in like a podcast room. And so they have these like black um, things up on the wall that are supposedly soundproof. So, you know, we'll see. We can hear you perfectly. It's perfect. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Lives are always fun. I love chatting. For our followers who may not follow you, which they should, so that would be a sad thing if they aren't, um, can you give them a little feedback uh, or a little outlook, I guess, on who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I'm Ryan. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist who specializes in pregnancy specifically. So I help those who are trying to conceive and pregnant 
honestly, just make sure that there is no stress, no anxiety about eating during these times because they, this time in your life is so important, um, but also so overwhelming as I'm sure I think you guys were like probably just exactly talking about this exactly. <laughs> um, it's so overwhelming. There's so much information out there. And I think with like nutrition in general, there's so much information, so much conflicting information. And then when you throw pregnancy into the mix, it's like, holy crap, like, what am I supposed to do? I don't even know if what I'm eating is still fine to eat. There's just so many questions around the topic that my goal is just to make sure, you know, it's actually clear and easy for you to eat during pregnancy, as opposed to like, have the panic, freak out, stress, don't know what to eat, don't know what to prep, all of these things. Um, so yeah, I guess that's a brief synopsis of what I do. No, that's perfect. I mean, I think it's amazing because people, most people in our world, they want to be told what to do. So if they have someone that they can trust and that's yeah. going to lead them along, I mean, it's amazing what you're doing because people, people need to know it and they need to know where it's coming from, that it's a trusted source. Yes. And exactly. otherwise I feel like you're getting so much information from people who probably shouldn't be giving the information. Um, True. So having <laughs> you is a complete blessing. Um, in my opinion, I know I've been pregnant three times. I wish yeah. I would have had you in the last decade that I've been popping out babies. Um, and I haven't. Perfect. Definitely. I'm going to make her go over to your membership. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Talk to us a little bit. Like, when did you decide on your career path to actually like specialize in the prenatal world? Yeah. So I definitely wasn't one of those people who like always knew what I wanted to do. <laughs> Um, I actually went to college initially to become a meteorologist, which is really funny. Um, wow. so yeah, totally different. And that was like my freshman year, thank goodness. And it was like my first semester. So I didn't get behind at all. You know, so many people, I think, like switch their majors like hundreds of times and then eventually like take so long to graduate because they're so behind on coursework. But that was my first semester of college. And my sister was like, you should really do nutrition. And I was like, I don't know, like, maybe. And so I just enrolled in like, a nutrition 101 class, one that pretty much like, everyone takes if they're like taking like, any sort of just, I guess not an elective, but like a bare basic science course or something. And I loved it. I like had the best professor ever. And everything was just so interesting to me. And immediately from that moment on, I was like, yep, this is exactly what I want to do. Um, and so once I got into the dietetics program, we had like a nutrition during the life cycle course where we go over every single life cycle stage, kind of dive into the nutrition requirements for every single stage. And when we got to the pregnancy section of the life cycle, I was just like, this is amazing. Like I just, my passion grew like right from from there. I always really, really loved it. Um, and for undergrad, we had to do like a thesis type project at the end. Um, and I ended up doing it on the effects of caffeine during pregnancy, which I saw was a question, which is such a common question. Um, so I did a whole like thesis project paper on that to graduate and become a dietitian. Um, and then from there, I just, I kind of did a bunch of things right after graduating and eventually ended up like a year later working in a clinic with this population for about two years. I like supervised a clinic working with um, pregnancy, breastfeeding, early toddler nutrition too. Um, and just kind of built my business up on the side because even through dietetic school, I always knew that I wanted to have my own business. Um, I didn't think social media would be a part of that 
at all. <laughs> um, but here we are. I'm sure you guys can probably extremely relate to that. Um, had no idea social media would be as big of a piece of my business as it is today. Um, but yeah, so ever since then, I've just loved working with this population. I think it's so special to be able to impact more than just one person potentially, potentially affect generations of health, which is that so, is so I've never thought of it that way. That's, that's yeah. amazing to think of it like that. Because if you're going to yeah. change the gut health, yeah. right, it'll kind of change. Yeah, it's amazing. Down. Yeah, and um, affecting mom affects baby. And then there's research that shows, like, even from there, like, you're affecting another generation, too. So it's just right. crazy to think about. Um, and I just feel like this life of stage, I'm obviously biased, but I think this is, like, the most important stage to, like, get nutrition um, and make sure you're eating to the best of your abilities, right? I love because so much at least maybe in the last five years, I won't say that so much when I was pregnant was so like, not really on pregnancy. It was on like breastfeed your baby, breastfeed your baby versus right. formula. It was, that was the right. talk. And then we kind of forget the baby later too. Right. So I right. noticed you had said toddler nutrition. So yeah. for you to kind of like, okay, here's this, who I can go after and to pick the one that really affects it all, I think is amazing. Absolutely. I, which I guess that's kind of maybe what we're doing too. Yeah. That's yeah. really yeah. cool to think of it. Um, mm-hmm. as a gut health relation. Yeah. I really love that. I do too. And that's something too, when you, if you say that to any patient or client of yours that is pregnant, I mean, that's a no brainer. If you're like, I can help you <laughs> and your yeah. people beyond you. It's like, well, yeah, then yeah, sign me up. Yeah. And I mean, I, that's what I found too. And like working with the population in the clinic and then just like the initial phases of me getting on social media, I found that like people really wanted this information and like people really care, um, which is not a su- surprise to me. Like obviously people care about their baby and their health for the most part. Um, but just like the demand for this information was so there whenever I first started that I was like, holy moly, like people want this information so bad, but it's just not out there. Like honestly, like three years ago, like this information was not there. Um, and when you go to Google, like, and I'll talk about this more when I talk about why I created the membership, but when you go to Google, like, it's just, you get hundreds of answers and there's just not like very reliable sources out there for people that are trying to do this research and like super adamant about like, okay, I need to figure out exactly what to eat, exactly how much, you know, what should I be avoiding? Like all of these things, like, it is confusing. Like if you were to do that now, you'd be like, what the hell? Like, and then you go to your doctor and your doctor's like, I don't know anything about nutrition. Just take this. <laughs> and you're like, what? This isn't what I was expecting. <laughs> so yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, that actually brings me to our next question for you was like, with all of this, you feel like you've had to do a ton of research to, you know, come up with your program and your membership and like you said, I mean, there's so many patients of mine that they're like, I don't know what to do about it. To be kind of the, it seems to us like the pioneer of it. I mean, you've had to do so much research, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know if I'm the pioneer by any means, but you are. Um, us. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, tons of research. I mean, when you graduate professional health degree, and I think this kind of resonates with everyone who's in some sort of health field, like it's so important to stay on top of the new science that's coming out, um, the new techniques that are coming out, because things, science is always new, research being published, and which is like the cool part too. It's like 
pros and cons, right? It's like you always have to stay up with it, but also it's like, wow, it's really cool. Like we're always improving and everything's always getting better. Um, so yeah, there was a ton of research that I had to do when I was first starting out. I mean, I read pretty much everything. Um, took every, did every single webinar. I mean, dove into so much of the research myself and just sifted through it to see what was out there and what the newest, um, studies were on this. But, you know, with prenatal nutrition as a whole, it's such a hard science to study because it's just not ethical, um, to do any form of research in pregnant women. So a lot of what we're going off of is, is tough, you know, because it is done in like, animals or some of the RDAs are even set based off of data from men. And it's like, that's not reliable. How are we going off of these things that are from men? Like, no, it doesn't make sense. Um, so it's definitely tra- challenging. I mean, nutrition as a whole is such a hard study to science and then to science to study. And then when you're throwing pregnancy in the mix, it's like, we can't just get this group of pregnant women and be like, Hey, do you guys all want to take this supplement? And then we'll see what happens to your baby. No one's going to volunteer for that. And it's just not ethical to do. So it, it's tough. But yeah, I did did a lot of work up front and still do, right? Because it, it takes a lot to stay up with the science and everything. Yeah, ever evolving. At what point during your, you were working for a company, yeah, doing all this research, at what point did you decide to go out on your own? Yeah, so eventually when I was at the clinic job, I decided to go part-time. And part of that was because I was getting my master's degree um, but I was also wanting to build up my business on the side. I was doing like a million things. That's just what I've learned. That's just like who I am as a person. Like I'm just, I need to be doing multiple things apparently. Um, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. So I went part time at the clinic and that really allowed me to put in more time and focus on growing my business on the side. Um, so that was like, I think a year, maybe less than that, maybe like even like six, eight months into working for that clinic. Because I always in the back of my head, again, like even in school, I was like, I want to have my own business. And I actually tried um, to start my own business when I first graduated. But oh, my good Lord, you guys know how tough it is to start something of your own. Like I was all over the place. Like I was doing it with friends and like our like goals didn't align. And so then I felt like I was just doing it by myself and it was just all over the place. Um, so I got a job, you know, cause I was like, I gotta get make some money somehow. So got a job, built up some income, realized like, okay, I got to give this another go. Um, went part time because I started seeing some traction and was like, okay, like, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, but I got some traction. <laughs> I know who I'm talking to at least like all of these sort of things, some things started to fall in place. Uh, And then eventually I was like, if I'm going to do this, like I have to give it my all. I have to give it 100% of my time um, to see if I can actually make this work and, you know, talk, serve the population that I really want to serve. And of course, support myself with an income because that's, you know, part of a career. So, (laughs) yeah, that's that was back in. uh, Let's see, like March 2019 is when I like uh, quit. Completely. Kind of good timing though, too. I mean, you had, you really built this up before COVID and I mean, you were able yeah. to have it maybe an easier transition with that rather than some people like going into that because of COVID. Oh, for sure. I'm extremely grateful because my whole business was already completely virtual, completely online. Like I never yeah. had a brick and mortar office or anything like that. And so when COVID hit, 
um, yeah, everything was the same in the sense of how I run my business. I just want to say that, um, definitely nothing was the same in the same, you know, <laughs> sentence. <laughs> um, but as far as business things go, um, uh, everything was the same. So yeah, I'm super grateful. So did you start your social media platform, Prenatal Nutritionist, when you started doing your more online business side? Yeah. So I started that, that, that was like, this Instagram was like almost the first thing I started whenever I first started my business. Um, and I was really lucky to stumble across a business coach, a dietitian business coach, um, who was kind of just getting started too. And I don't know, by the grace of God, I think I just found her Instagram page and she really, really helped me with like how to get started on social media, which this was like, three years ago, which is like crazy to think like it's gone. Social media has like boomed even since the past three years, I feel like. Um, But yeah, she really gave me like clear direction on how to start growing on social media. So I just took every single piece of advice she had and ran with it. Um, And here we are today. (laughs) So with that, when did you end up thinking about your membership site? Because I know you do a lot of questions on your social media platform. Uh, I mean, you're really fantastic with the polls and everything that you're doing to get information of what your followers want and need. Yeah. So how did that develop into, tell us a little bit about your membership site. Yeah. So the membership site has now been um, up and going for a year. Um, And it was really, it, it took, you know, two years to get to the point where I felt like this is what my audience wanted. Um, when I first started, it was really just one-on-one work. Um, I was just seeing, you know, clients one-on-one virtually. Um, and then I did more of an online course type feel. Um, and I just felt like those things were great and they were, you know, helped a lot of women and were awesome. I think for both me and the people that they served, but at some point it kind of clicked in my head that this membership is what people were looking for because basically what it is, is the replacement for Google. Like it, it's what, like there was, I got so many messages like over the Mm -hmm. past two years of people saying like, Hey, like, where can I go to find this? Or I don't know, where do I need, where, what website can I go to, to like figure out what nutrients I need to focus on? Um, is there one website where I can go where I can find things that aren't safe during pregnancy? Is there a website where I can go that has a list of things that are safe during pregnancy? And like, eventually I was like, every time I could answer these questions, I was like, no, like there's no one website where I could send people where I was like, I am 100% trusting in everything this website has to say. It just didn't exist. And so eventually I was like, oh my God, like, obviously I need to create this. Like, what am I thinking? You know, and universe is telling you. Yeah, like looking back at it, I'm like, why did I not create this sooner? But, you know, I I can't dwell on the past. Like it is what it is. So whenever I created it, I was like, this makes so much sense. Um, And yeah, for the past year, it's been awesome. I think, you know, it's been the exact resource that so many women have been looking for. And we've just continually been like improving it. It seems like every week we're making some form of improvement on it. Um, I mean, we launched it a year ago and about six months in, we turned it into an app um, because apps are all the rage now and everyone's on their phone. Everyone wants to be digital and have access to everything within 
seconds. Um, so that made sense too. It's like, okay, how can we get, make this even easier to access? Um, then going on your laptop and you can still have to do that. You can still go on your laptop and view it for those people that I think really want to dive in and sit down for a few hours and read a bunch of stuff. Um, but yeah, the app is constantly improvements there. It's available on, um, any app store. Uh, there is a free version, so you can download it for free. It's called the Prenatal Nutrition Library. Um, there's there's limited amount of content for free, so just just a handful of notes and information there are free. So you have to be a paid member to view the majority of content, but you can download it for free. That's awesome. And to your point, like everybody wants information right then, but then I think of, I mean, yeah. it could be sneaky, but for your population, for the nutrition world, I mean, if I was at a restaurant and then I'm like, oh. Ooh, can I have that? And like to be able to like access what you have and like that's so exactly. powerful to feel, you know, instead of be like, oh, I'm not sure if I should be doing this. Should I be here? Is this okay to eat? You know, how much of it? Whatever. I think that that's extremely important. And yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. And that's exactly true. We were at dinner with some friends um, and they're expecting and, you know, she's a member of the library and everything. And she was literally like telling me about it. She was like, Every time, you know, my husband's like, just see, just check the app, just see what Ryan has to say. And she's like, I'll literally just pull it out at dinner and like search something and like, there's my answer. And I'm like, that's exactly why I created it. So <laughs> that's you know, amazing. That's awesome to hear. I love that. I love that. No, I think that is something, you know, I, I'm excited to tell my patients about that because I knew you had an app, but to think of it, I guess I yeah. didn't think of it to be so accessible, which all apps are, but right. that's something that I'm definitely going to tell my patients about. Because we get questions like that. And I'm like, I'm I don't sure. know. I'm sure. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm always, we're yeah, always yeah. sharing your Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Go over. <laughs> go over. But to definitely tell them about the app because that's, I feel like, invaluable. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys so much for sharing, honestly. Oh, awesome. absolutely. We do have a couple of like patient questions and follow-up sure. questions. So kind of going off of what you had said earlier about, the, can you yeah. elaborate a little bit more about that, you know, during pregnancy, how much more of the details of all of that. Definitely. Yeah. So there's, I mean, caffeine is interesting because it is something that is so widely consumed across the world, really. So it is something that we do have a decent amount of data on for pregnancy, um, which is one of the probably biggest, um, I don't know, food item, but maybe like beverage that we have like the most data on because it is so widely consumed. Um, that being said, back to the point of nutrition is such a hard science to study, is that even if we do have this data, there's so many um, confounding factors that are hard to control for when we are looking at it. So it's hard to control for age, um, smoking, any other intake of other beverages, environment, medications, other supplements. Like these are all things that we try to control for in studies, but it's so hard to do that. So even with all the data out there on caffeine, we still really can't say caffeine causes X outcome, right? So we can't say that caffeine causes low birth weight. We can't make that statement. Um, that being said, there is building evidence that high intakes of caffeine can cause adverse outcomes during pregnancy. And when I say adverse outcomes, that's things like miscarriage, low birth weight, stillbirth, um, intrauterine growth restriction, things like that. Um, so most studies show that these things can happen at super high intakes. So like 
six cups, seven cups, eight cups, nine cups, 10 cups of coffee, um, super high. That being said, like if you're someone who is is going through like a high risk pregnancy, for example, then you're someone who I would probably recommend either avoidance or like really minimum amounts during your pregnancy. Um, if you are someone that's high risk, even um, first trimester is like a super vulnerable period of pregnancy. So, you know, if you are actively trying to conceive or in the first trimester, that might be a period of time where you want to avoid it or super, super limit it. Um, I think after that, you know, like a cup of coffee, a cup of tea per day is totally fine. Like ACOG and World Health Organization, they both still agree that 200 to 300 milligrams um, of caffeine per day is okay. Um, the reason there's like kind of this spark, I feel like in, you know, people talking about this again during pregnancy is that a study that was recently published was like, should it be zero? Um, and they basically did like a new meta analysis of looking at tons of studies and what they found. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to go back and go through all this research. So one night it literally spent like hours going through the research that was out there again, because, you know, that was 2016 when I wrote the paper on it. So it's been a minute, you know, there's more studies that have definitely come out since then. Um, so going back through it, just kind of what I all talked about is what I found. It's like for every study that shows there's an association with caffeine, there's another study that shows no association at all. So again, it's really hard to make the blanket like assumption that caffeine causes X outcome. Should it be limited? Yes, we should definitely limit our caffeine intake. You know, if you're trying to conceive or pregnant, complete avoidance, maybe if you have a high risk pregnancy maybe in the first trimester. But again, the first trimester is a period that's usually accompanied by nausea and food aversion. And for most of my clients and, you know, students and members and everything, people don't even want to drink coffee in the first trimester because it's one of those things that's like, oh, that sounds so disgusting to drink right now, which could be a sign that your body's like telling you like you don't need this right now or this is not something, you know, you want to be putting your body at this time. So Long-winded response, but it's hard to talk. It's hard to, con- you know, conclude these things in a in a couple of seconds. So hopefully, um, that did good answering that question. That was perfect. I, that was wonderful. <laughs> perfect. Okay. Good. Good, yeah, good. You did a fantastic job. Um, another question that we received is, and I'm sure you get this all the time: What is the best thing to eat during pregnancy, and maybe to help? a growing fetus, but like trimester to trimester. Yeah. It's funny. I was looking at this question and like the questions I get are so specific that when people are like, (laughs) when it's like a general question like this, I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, what's like (laughs) what to eat? I'm like, this is like the most generalized question. Um, But I think like I get this question too about like, should I be eating different things in different trimesters? And the answer is kind of yes and no. The same foods that are healthy during any trimester are healthy during your whole pregnancy, right? So eating foods from every single food group is important during your whole pregnancy. You know, high quality sources of protein, nutrient dense carb choices, healthy fats. Those are all so important to have on your plate during every single stage of pregnancy. Um, There are some nutrients that I put emphasis on during certain trimesters, like if you're trying to conceive or in the first trimester, like folate. Choline, those are both super important because they're rapidly involved in the spinal cord that's, you know, developing right there in the first stages of pregnancy. In the latter stages of pregnancy, like 
third trimester, DHA is super important. Vitamin A is super important. DHA is like omega-3 fatty acids, um, rapidly involved in like brain development during those final stages and after birth, like the whole first year after birth, super important, those omega-3s. So a little bit, there are like certain things per each trimester, but I, I don't know. I just think healthy eating is so hard and there's so many barriers to it already that like, just try to focus on nutrient dense options the whole time, you know, don't put any extra barriers on yourself to be like, Oh, no, I have to eat these foods during these periods of time. Um, If you are someone who is like, super likes to categorize things like that, then that's the whole reason we created trimester specific meal plans in the library. Um, So we have a meal plan for preconception, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, and gestational diabetes as well. So we have a meal plan for each of those stages, and we're actually working on developing a second meal plan for each stage, stage two. So there's even more options out there. Um, and in those meal plans, we actually have specific foods for you to focus on and then alternatives for those as well. Because I think, you know, what I've learned in the past three, four years working with this population is that's how people's brains work. They really want to be like, OK, this trimester, I'll focus on this. This trimester, I'll focus on this, which I totally get. I think in a way, like I'm a little bit like that in some other areas of my life. (laughs) Um, So if you are that way, that's exactly why we created um, those trimester meal plans like we did. So you have that, you know, area to focus on when you're in that specific stage. Like creating small goals. Exactly. Like like, I can do anything for 12 to 13 weeks. So I'm going to focus on this. Exactly. Moving on. Yeah. Just something to follow. It's huge. That is yeah. huge. Mm-hmm. Do you follow yeah. your do you follow your clients into like their postpartum, you know, recovery product process? So I do like early postpartum, like the okay. first three months, because like weight loss isn't my thing and not my specialty. Yeah. And so after people get past like the three month um mark of, you know, baby being like three months old, then they kind of want to flop and focus on weight loss. And at that point I'm like you got to go to somebody else. Like I'm focusing on, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm focusing on the nourishment period and how we can nourish you and baby, like in those really early weeks and not weight loss by any means. Um, so early postpartum, yes, but okay. for the membership specifically, so for the app and the library, we only have preconception and pregnancy okay. at the moment. Um, okay. Hopefully we can expand to like breastfeeding in the future. You know, if I get like eight more team members, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Um, But right now, just preconception and pregnancy. Awesome. No, that's amazing. We did have one more question come in that was like around sugar. So like if they're craving sugar in any of their trimesters or in that third trimester, is there a limit on how many grams that they should have with that as well? Yeah. So I think, you know, Cravings are normal to an extent in pregnancy. Um, they're usually like carb cravings are super heavy in the first trimester when all those food aversions are hitting and everything like that. So to some extent, like, you know, craving, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? Falling into those cravings, I guess, like going for them is fo- totally fine to some extent. But if you are craving like super carb heavy, sugary foods, like well into your second, third trimester, there could be a more significant issue going on. So there could be some sort of blood sugar imbalance going on. So then it's like when you step back, look at like the macronutrient distribution of your plate and see like, are you having enough protein? Do you have enough healthy fats too? Because um, that could be something that's potentially causing that super sugar heavy carb craving. 
you know, there's not really a specific number of like, we should limit our sugar to this amount. And I'm talking specifically about added sugar too. So I want to make sure that's clear. So like added sugar, I'm not talking about like healthy fruits and dairy and sugar that comes from those things, like specifically added sugar. Um, Like a Snickers bar. Right, exactly. So I think like treats are totally fine. Very similar to when you're not pregnant, right? Like, you still want to be able to enjoy your food, eat your favorite foods. And to me, that still holds true in pregnancy. Like, there's no reason you should punish yourself by any means. Like, you're pregnant. Good gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you should still be able to enjoy some foods. Uh, there is no, like, set sugar added sugar limit for in pregnancy. Um, the American Heart Association has um, a sugar, like, a set um added sugar limit they suggest for women in general, um, which I think is like six teaspoons of added sugar per day is what they recommend staying under, which I think is 25 grams um, or 100 calories. I think those numbers are right, but don't quote me. Um, something around there. So yeah, there is, you know, you in moderation, you don't want to go crazy, but you also want to make sure like <laughs> you're not restricting yourself. Um, cause that's not healthy either. I think that's a, like a hard, fine line for a lot of people, because like, I'm sure you deal with this all the time. Like, you know, eat, eat nutrient dense foods, but also then some people are like, well, maybe this is just cause I'm pregnant, but for, to like put the other side on and say, well, maybe actually let's, it's a little further than that. Maybe I am like low in some kind of vitamin that I don't have. I don't think people go there a lot. Like their brain right. doesn't go there. It's more like either, oh, it's cause of just pregnancy. Like, and the kind of how we feel with some of our patients, like, Oh, yeah. well, that's just supposed to happen. You know, I'm just supposed to be right. pants when I jumped after I <laughs> So I'm sure right. that's what you struggle with to some degree because it's like that on our end, you know. Your body yeah. is very good at telling you what it needs yeah. or telling yeah. you when something's wrong. So that's, so that's exactly your brain's right yeah. where mine was. Like when you were talking about that, I was like, oh, it's totally <laughs> dysfunction when the leakage or prolapse yeah. or pain is happening. That is so neat to think about that. Like, oh, maybe I'm low in magnesium or I didn't yeah. get enough protein that day. Yeah. To be able to teach people how to decipher that, I think is, oh, it's amazing. It I is. wish I could just like bottle you up and go back in time. Come to Kansas City. <laughs> come to Kansas City and see us. Come to our clinic. That would be so fun. Oh my gosh. I'm having an event with Ryan. Come yes. see her. <laughs> yeah. You probably had a, the whole town would come. <laughs> oh my God. That'd be awesome. That'd be yeah. a blast. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate you taking your time to do that because I know you're a very, very busy girl. Um, Thank you for having me. Can you tell our followers where else they can find you and anything else exciting that you have going on? Yeah. So come see me on at prenatal nutritionist. We also have a separate Instagram page for our membership and app. So at the prenatal nutrition library. Yeah, just started it just recently. Um, so come see us on both of our pages. Um, I'm also on TikTok. So come see me on TikTok at Mm -hmm. prenatal nutritionist trying to grow over there too. But the main, the main sauce is here on Instagram. I will tell you that. But if you're on TikTok, might as well come follow there too. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to be everywhere. Like we have, we're on Pinterest, um, all, all that jazz, but. Um, yeah, come see me on my page, shoot us a DM, check out our membership. We would love to see you and hear from you on all of those platforms. Awesome. Thank you so much. We really, really Thank appreciate you it. I know yeah. our followers, if they already don't follow you, they're definitely going to now after hearing this because 
this is something that needs to be talked about more. Absolutely. I'm so impressed. This has been a phenomenal life. So thank you so much for doing this. Hey, Pelvic Posse, we want to thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Can we ask you a couple of favors, please? Number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so that you will continue to empower your pelvis forever so that you will never miss out? Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review? Tell them how amazing we are and everything that you have learned about your pelvic health. And then number three, if you haven't seen the video version to this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash empower your pelvis for all of our visual learners out there. We have all types of great visuals in there for you to not only listen to, but to watch. Thanks so much again and make sure to give your pelvis some love. Until next time, peace peace out, out pelvic posse.